you're probably the least qualified person in this room to address the topic of womanhood and the crown of creation or whatever the topic of this talk is. <laughs> but I'm going to give it a go. I have like a million people praying for us tonight. I have a, uh, a plethora of people praying. I had mass for you guys yesterday. I had people at home. That unending quest for perfection, and I'm not talking about 
to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, that is an admirable thing to do. I'm talking about the idea of a world's perfection. A perfection built upon deceiving others to get ahead. To living up to the standards that are from this world, that are imposed on us from the outside and the inside. Standards such as beauty, standards such as success, standards such as what your future should look like. Not called to be perfect according to the world's standards, we are not. We are called to be perfect according to God's standards. And what does God's perfection look like? We hear in Philippians, rather Jesus emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in the likeness, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. God's perfection looks like vulnerability. We are called to embrace this vulnerability as, as a total helplessness before God. To be like a young child who is brought up in his father's arms, lifted up, helplessly, vulnerably, and put into the father's chest so that she could hear his father's heartbeat over and over and over again saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. God's perfection looks like vulnerability. And we must fall down before the, our Father in this vulnerability if we hope to avoid any kind of perfectionism. We pull away from Him, but He's constantly reaching out to us. And we need to reject the idea that being vulnerable, being helpless, is somehow a sign of weakness. Because yes, we are exposed. Yes, we are opened up to the world. Yes, we can be threatened from the outside. But being vulnerable is the only way that we can begin to allow our God to shine through us. The only way that we can allow our God to lift us up. Anything else is pride. And we need to avoid this pride. Martha was too busy to empty herself. She was too busy and she was filling her things with all the wrong things. All the wrong ideas of what it means to be with Christ. In her mind, her perfection meant to be busy serving. Making sure that everything came out just right. Martha confuses perfection with vulnerability. And it's really easy to do this. We think that if we are busy ourselves, that we busy ourselves in presenting a perfect vision of ourselves to others, Somehow this means that we are going, uh, that we are giving everything that we want, everything that we have. Jesus doesn't want a false sense of perfection. He wants us. He wants us to step away from our busyness and just to be with Him. And what can we expect from this vulnerability? We hear in Philippians, because of this, God greatly exalted Him. Bestow on him the name that is above every other name, that is the name of Jesus. Every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confesses that Jesus is the Lord. We are glorified through our weakness. We are glorified through our vulnerability. We need to avoid our perfectionism and let our vulnerability wash over us. We need to avoid perfectionism. Not only are you not bad, you are not bad. 
You are also not garbage. Say it back to me. I am not garbage. I am not garbage. Amen. It kind of hurts a little bit. Do you think that hurts? I didn't believe you. There are some people here who think they are garbage, aren't there? You don't have to raise your hands. It didn't sound confident. Garbage is a tricky thing. And we hear in Scripture about that woman with hemorrhages. You remember her story? For 12 years, she suffered with hemorrhages. And she spent the whole of her livelihood on doctors. And she was unable to be cured by anyone. She came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his cloak. Can we for a moment imagine this woman? I imagine she's bent over in pain. She's writhing in pain. And she reaches for the very lowest part of what Jesus is wearing, the tassels, the lowest part of his cloak. She was literally close to the ground, like garbage, like trash thrown away not to be looked at again. Garbage, trash, rubbish, these are ugly words. They feel ugly in our mouths. They sound harsh. They feel awkward. And what is our reaction when we come across garbage? We can ignore it, or we can look down on it in disgust. And I think that there are many women who, knowingly or unknowingly, at some point think that they are trash, or they have been told that they are trash. You may have felt this way before, as if everyone sees you and sees something wrong with you instead. Or as if everyone walks right past you and ignores the very person, your very self. Both extremes are unhealthy. One, a pride concerned with what everyone else thinks of them. Another, a version of pride, thinking that no one cares about them. That the self-worth comes only from what others think of us. These extremes are dangerous because in both cases, dignity is taken away. Your dignity is taken away. This leads to a very dangerous kind of mentality, a kind of mentality that is built not around beauty, but around seduction. Which in my mind, at least, is the opposite of beauty. They can, women can use this natural beauty that God has given them, not for its intended purposes, but for selfish reasons. Seduction inhibits beauty. Seduction inhibits motherhood. Women thought that uh, to be prostitutes in World War II, do you know what happened to them? Women that were prostitutes or thought to be prostitutes? They were taken to concentration camps. They were put into brothels in concentration camps. And then they had tattoos inked into their flesh. Tattoos that said whore. <coughs> feel for. If I was going to cuss, I would say the other one, good for effing. This was tattooed into their flesh. This, these, women's, these women's dignity was taken away from them by those around them, that hatred and the malice of those around them. They were treated like trash, and so they began to think of themselves like trash. I'm sure that these women did not feel very beautiful. Their beauty was obscured by the hate of others. 
And it resonated so deeply within them that these women began to take on this mentality. The violence committed against these women had none of the Father's love for them. And what this does, it lets shame enter into our world. Shame is that fear of disconnection. And this, we have to ask ourselves something. Is there something about me, if other people know it or see it, that will make me unworthy of connecting with them? And immediately, if we think, no, I am not good enough, I am not beautiful enough, I am not beloved enough, I am not thin enough, I am not tall enough, I don't have the best hair, I don't have the best skin. We let this shame wash over us. This shame that treats us like garbage, that makes us think that we're garbage. Instead of being beautiful. So we must confront that question. Do I think that I am garbage? Do I think that I am trash? Do we speak down about ourselves? Do we call ourselves trash sometimes? Do we call ourselves garbage? Do we call ourselves worse? You are also not the sum of your failures. Say that with me. I am not the sum of my failures. I am not the sum of my failures. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. Placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses, now the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. But what do you say? This woman approaches Jesus from a place of complete failure. Her life has been ruined by what she did, and there is no way to take it back to change what has happened. We can imagine that the face of this woman might look like a blank stare. And she thinks to herself, what have I done? My life is ruined. All this going through her mind, she begins to beat herself up before the stones of execution begin to fly. Much like trying to attain a false sense of perfection, we can also believe that we are the sum of our failures. Everything that we will ever do will never amount to anything. So it's necessary to create a false self. It's necessary to put on a mask. By believing what we are, that the sum of our failures, we put on these masks to cover up all our external blemishes. It's like makeup covering up a pimple. It's still there. We know it's still there, but we try to pretend to the world that it isn't. Can we truly confront ourselves? Can we take off our masks? Are we willing to look into the mirror and see ourselves as we really are? Or do we project a boyfriend's desires, our parents' expectations, the world's promise of being enough for us? It's a lie. The world will never be enough. The world will never be enough for our hearts. The world will never be enough for your hearts. The expectations of others will only create more and more masks to wear, more burdens to carry in our hearts. You need to be free. You are able to be free. Free from the lies of the world, free from the lies of your minds, free from the masks that we wear, that you wear. All at once, you are worth so much more than anyone on earth could expect you to be. Because your worth does not come from this world. That was hard. It's hard to talk about what you've done. 
So let's take a deep breath. Yeah. Let's talk about what you are. Let's talk about, instead of what you are now, let's talk about what you are. You are good. Say it with me. I am good. 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 The Lord answered Martha. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be, which will not be taken from her. Jesus says her name, Martha, Martha. He says it twice. This is beautiful. He calls out to her like a father calling his child. He doesn't leave Martha abandoned. He doesn't leave her where she is. He identifies the problem, her perfectionism. She shows her, he shows her the answer to just let herself be loved by Jesus, and he leads her there. Jesus wants you to be there. You are not bad, you are good. Your bodies are good, your hearts are good, your minds are good. We hear it in the Psalms. Truly, you are wonderfully made. You, truly, you have formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I give you thanks for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. The Bible tells you that you are good. The Bible tells you that your bodies are good. The Bible doesn't lie to us. Believe it. Believe that your bodies are good. Believe that your hearts are good. Believe that your minds are good. There's a sensitivity that women have that's absolutely beautiful. And this shows her sensitiv uh, sens that her sensitivity you know, shows <laughs> speak. The sensitivity that you all have, the sensitivity shows this receptivity. The receptive nature is at the very heart of a woman. And having the capacity to welcome life within her own body makes her alert to the innermost life of others. Before the world knows this new being, she is sensitive to its needs and has hopes for its future. Your wounds, that space within you is good. That space within you is good. It is a mystery, and the mystery is to be a mystery like light, to be a mystery like fire, it's not totally comprehensible, but it is good. The womb without you is receptive, and it shows that, in a physical way, that deep, intimate sensitivity that you have for others. Many people see sensitivity as a weakness, not realizing that it's actually a strength. It's a gift that women have to see beyond the exterior and to look into the deepest needs of the heart never separating the inner person from his outward contribution. Our hearts long for what is good because the good comes from God. Do you believe in your womanhood that you are good? Guess what? <laughs> you are also beautiful. You are beautiful. The woman with the hemorrhages, she touched Jesus' tassels and immediately her bleeding stopped. Jesus then asked, Who touched me? While all were denying, Peter said, Master, the crowds are pushing and pressing in upon you. But Jesus said, Someone has touched me, for I know that power has gone out from me. 
When the woman realized that she had not escaped notice, she came forward trembling, falling down before him. She explained in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been healed immediately. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This may have been the hardest section to think about for me. A woman's beauty. Because I think, just like when I said that there's a difficulty admitting that you're not trash, you're not garbage because the world tells you that you are, or the world wants you to believe that you are, it's hard to admit, I am beautiful. Say it again for me, please. I am beautiful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you are beautiful. It's not easy to convince ourselves of this fact. And even if you've been told a thousand times you are beautiful by your parents, by your boyfriend, by your cousins or friends, it's sometimes hard to believe it. Scripture gives us such wonderful passages about being beautiful as well. Behold, Song of Songs tells us, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are like doves behind the veil. Okay, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Your hair is like a flock of goats leaping down a hill. That's yeah, really weird. Your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes. What? <laughs> that have come up from washing. Okay. This is beautiful, I guess. Oh, boy. I think that we can see beauty in the woman who is healed of her hemorrhages. Christ brought her back to her fullness. When she had the hemorrhages, when she was bleeding, she wouldn't have been allowed to worship in the temple. She wouldn't have been allowed to eat and prepare food. She wouldn't have been able to live in community. Jesus healed her of that, and she was brought not just back from her hemorrhages into fullness, she was brought back into society in her fullness. He restores not her sense, her body, her very body, but restores her very sense of self. She's overwhelmed with the experience. She trembles and falls down before Christ. She was healed because of her faith in Christ. In his faith, something that we have to work for? Yes or no? No. Whoa! I believe the answer is no. <laughs> faith is a gift. Do we have to work for faith? No. Okay. I mean, if you want to disagree with me, we can talk after. <laughs> I'm going to insist that faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. Beauty is a gift. And you've all been given this gift. You don't have to work for beauty. You don't have to white-knuckle yourself into being beautiful. You don't have to work for it. You simply have to receive it. And this gift is meant to be shared. You receive the gift of beauty, and you have received the gift of beauty. You have received the gift of beauty. And then you share this gift with others. Women play a pivotal role in revealing God's beauty to others. The way that inspires and empowers the gift of love. Your beauty, what you have, this gift that you have, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. It is shared with others and it inspires love around you. And a good way to combat 
not feeling beautiful enough, or giving into seduction, is to know that you are constantly in the Father's gaze. The Father who looks at you with such love, the Father whose gaze is out of tenderness, the Father who is constantly banging at the door of your heart, pleading with you, receive this gift, receive this gift, receive this gift. I want to call you beautiful. All you need to do is receive the gift. Our God wants to love you in your vulnerability, and that vulnerability means opening yourself up to receive this gift of beauty. Receive it. Bask in it. Be glorified. Those women, let me tell you about those women with the tattoos. Remember them? Yes. Are you asleep yet? Yeah. Just checking. Those women with the tattoos, what happened to them? After World War II, there was a woman at Lourdes. You know how they have the baths at Lourdes? She took each one of these women, bathed them in the water, and the tattoos melted away. The tattoos melted off. They needed to be restored in their beauty, to be loved. They needed to be loved. And they were, and that beauty came through. You need to be loved. You need to know that you are loved through the Father's eyes. You are loved through your family's eyes, through your friends' eyes. But you need to love yourself through your own eyes. Not only are you good, not only are you beautiful, you are beloved. You ready to say it this time? I am beloved. I am beloved. Amen. Jesus bent down with his finger and wrote on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first one to throw a stone. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones, and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, No one will. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now, now on, sin, sin no more. The woman caught in adultery, she knew her failure. She believed that she was the son of her failures. And she probably only identified herself through her failures. And when they brought her before Jesus, something happened. She, he looks at her, and he sees through the mask. He sees through all of her shame, all of her self-hatred, all of her regret. He sees her in all of her dignity. And one by one, as the crowd leaves, Jesus and the woman began to share a more intimate space, a more personal relationship. And it is in this moment, when they're finally alone together, that he speaks to her womanhood. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't speak down to her. He speaks directly to her. He speaks directly to her broken femininity and says, Sin no more. Take off the masks that you wear. Woman cannot be fully who she is unless she knows that she is loved. We are not the sum of our weaknesses and failures. We are the sum of our Father's love for us. Thank you, St. John Paul II. He gave that quote. You are worthy of love. 
Do you believe that you are worthy of love? Do you? Amen. It's not bad, it's good to be specific about those areas of your life that you feel unlovable. I think that we can have shame in this area, and as women, you don't want to be specific about it, and honest with it, and give it a specific name or a circumstance where you don't feel beloved. Again, God doesn't love us in the abstract, He loves us in the tangible and concrete moments of our lives. He loves you when you are anxious, He loves you when you are depressed, He loves you whenever you are sassy. <laughs> That's a polite phrase, I guess, for what it could be. <laughs> he loves you when you fail at something. He loves you when you make poor decisions. He loves you when you fail to take care of yourselves. It's necessary that you are beloved in the same way that Eve was beloved to Adam. And how was Eve beloved to Adam? This is my favorite like song of scripture. You know, remember what happened? God made man. And then <laughs> everything went to hell. <laughs> God made man. And then he's like, man, Adam, you're alone. <laughs> okay, God. What do you want me to do about it? I'm going to make a cow. <laughs> Is this a cool partner for you? No. How about a cat? A dog? I love dogs, but this isn't a suitable partner for me, God. What are you doing? <laughs> then he takes from Adam, he creates a woman. At last, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. If someone doesn't love you the way Adam loves Eve before the fall, <laughs> that's a problem. Everyone should be saying to you, bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. You are beautiful. You are beloved and you are good and you are meant to be seen as such. Let's talk about your crowns. Is that okay? Okay. <laughs> Adjust them. <laughs> I got these new pair of pants today. He has helped his servant with Israel in remembrance of his mercy. 
as he spoke to our fathers, Abraham, his offspring forever. Mary knows what it means to be good, beautiful, and beloved. Her Magnificat exemplifies this fact. She does not lord it over her womanhood over others, but she invites all of you to share in it. Mary knows who she is. She doesn't wear masks. She doesn't cover up any part of herself. She knows who she is, and she is so free that she allows God to see every part of her. She's not fixated on what the world thinks of her. Her only concern is what God has done for her, and this makes her totally free. And Mary's freedom comes from God's mercy. She knows that everything she has comes from the wellspring of God's infinite love for her. She's not bound by trying to impress others. She's not distracted by wearing masks that only lead to self-destruction. She is free, free to love herself through the love that she has received from God. Bring your brokenness before Him. The brokenness that Mary doesn't have, that Mary was healed from by the cross of Jesus Christ before she was even born. Mary knows what it means to be the fullness of womanhood. And you are called to live in that womanhood with her. All the women that we looked at tonight, the, the first three, they needed to be healed of their wounds. They needed to experience the mercy of God, the mercy that allows us to dwell within the arms of our Father. And Mary is the culmination of the story. She is the crown of all creation. She shows us what a life lived with the Father's gaze looked like. You can have this. You can be this. What do we do with this information? So we talked about what you are not. We talked about what you are. And now we talk about what we do with it, okay? Okay. You're in policy. Use your powers of beauty and goodness and belovedness for good. Men need to see beauty in the world. Men need to see beauty in their lives. They need to see the goodness and what true love looks like. And authentic, authentic femininity spurs authentic masculinity. So be good, be beautiful, and be beloved so that you can see that in the men around you. It's also necessary to receive the healing that we all require, those deep wounds that are within us. They need healing. And as a man, because I'm not a woman, and I've never been one, and I never will be one, I'm a man. As a man, I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say that for all men in the world. I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way that I and other men have treated you poorly. I'm sorry for the way that I and other men have looked down on you, have called you trash or acted like you're trash. I'm sorry for all the things that men have done. And I hope you take that to heart, and I hope that can begin some healing, because we need to have healing. You need to have healing. 
I'm sorry for what men have done. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. We need to be able to step into our failures in order to have healing. The pornography that men view, how men objectify women, and all the other things that men do, or can do, or may do, hurt you. Don't allow yourselves to be hurt by men in these ways. Find healing if you have been hurt in these ways through the gaze of our Father, the tenderness that He looks upon you with. And finally, be a crown of creation. Do you believe that you are created on accident or on purpose? Who believes they are created on accident? <laughs> if it didn't work in your case, no one would have been Don't raise your hand. None of you are created on accident! You were created on purpose. Why would God create something that is bad? Why would God create something that is garbage? Why would God create something that is the sum of their failures? This is not who our God is. Our God is good, our God is loving, our God is true and beautiful. He creates what is good and true and beautiful. He creates good and true and beautiful things, and He loves those things. He loves those people. Those wounds you may have had in your past, those wounds you may be experiencing right now, let those be the starting point of your mission. The broken women that we saw in the Gospels, abused by men, forced into poverty, destroyed by sickness, busy with the world, when they encountered Jesus, they were changed. They weren't left in their brokenness. Jesus doesn't want you to stay in your brokenness. He wants to raise you up. He wants to lift you up. He wants you to be a crown of creation. But you need to encounter Christ for this to happen. You need to allow Him to love you. You need to allow Him to see you. You need to allow Him to raise you up. Bring your brokenness before Him. Bring your wounds. Bring your masks. Bring everything that you would rather Him not see. Lean into those wounds. These are the sources of healing. Because if you can identify your wounds, these wounds can be healed. Pray that you can see the wounds in your heart. Last um, January, I went to England. And has anybody been to England before? Have you been to the Tower of London? What do they keep in the Tower of London? Crown jewels. Crown jewels. These are kept in boxes under tight security. And they are good. They are beautiful and they are beloved. But they are good and beautiful and beloved into the eyes of the world. This is not how women need to be. You don't need to be kept in boxes. You don't need to be preserved somehow from people touching and from people looking at you and from people shooting at you. Well, don't let people shoot at you. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. But you don't need to be kept in boxes. Your femininity is strong enough to go into the world to share this beauty with the world. It needs to be shared. Men need to see it. Other women need to see it. The beauty of Jesus Christ. The beauty of a woman transformed by the love of Jesus Christ. So one last time. 
repeat after me. I am good. I am good. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. I am beloved. I am beloved. I am the crown of creation. I am the crown of creation. You may not believe it right at this moment. There may be someone here who has a difficulty believing that you're good, beautiful, beloved, and the crown of creation. But pray that you can receive this grace. Pray that you become the world's crown. Woo!